0: Log Talk Radio, there's something outside.
1: Giants talking old timers with Thomas. This is your host, Julie Wrench, and I want to welcome back Thomas Steinberg. Thomas, how are you been?
0: I'm doing just fine, dear. Worried about you after that hurricane you had.
1: Well, yeah, thank you. I, I, uh, wow, that was my second hurricane I've been through, but, uh, this one was a little bit different. Um, it stalled for days, and half of our state is underwater, and it's just a catastrophe. And um, it, it was pretty scary. I will admit that it was pretty scary. Um, but we will pull through it. We always have, and we always will. And I just want to give a shout out to anybody that's in the Carolinas listening, and uh, know that you're in my thoughts and prayers. Um, you know, we're just gonna to have to get through this. And it'll be okay. So, and I appreciate your concern, Thomas. Um, I wanted to, (laughs) since we're talking old timers, now, Thomas, I'm not saying that you're old, but I am going to say that you're in the category of the old timers, quote, unquote, of the Bigfoot community. Uh, Some people may not know, but Thomas has been researching the enigma since 1978, He's also authored three books, uh, The Sasquatch in Alberta, I believe that was in 1989, Sasquatch, Bigfoot, the Continuing Mystery, I believe that was in 93; and In Search of Giants in the year 2000. Uh, he's also co-authored two other titles, Sasquatch in British Columbia, Columbia in 2012 and Meet the Sasquatch in 2004. Now, Thomas has written many, many articles, and he's been on numerous television and radio shows, and, you know, he's just been um, a huge asset to the community, and he's considered by many to be old school in the Sasquatch research world, which I just appreciate so much because, as we both know, there's been some really off-the-wall theories and claims over the years And it seems like it's just getting worse Worse by the year So Thomas I wanted to pick your brain a little bit um, What in the world is going on up in Canada In the Bigfoot world You got any cool interesting stories for us Anything well, new going on
0: Well reports could carry on uh, This year has been a little slow Compared to others but well, there have been some incidents I've looked into. Probably the best one uh, occurred in April of this year, uh, just about uh, 15 minutes down Lahee Highway from me. Uh, a witness who wishes to remain anonymous was going to, to pick up his niece at the Chilliwack Airport at 8 3 in the morning when he saw what he thinks is a Sasquatch walking through a, a person's back, coming out of the bush and walking through a person's backyard as he was driving by. Uh, he was extremely bothered by what he saw. I'm not sure he uh, he, he actually saw a Sasquatch. Or he mistook a big man for a Sasquatch. Of course, what he thought he was looking at was was a large man for some reason, all dark brown from head to foot, maybe pushing a wheelbarrow or something because he couldn't understand why it was sight- he was slightly hunched over. But after thinking about it, he thought no, there was no wheelbarrow. and This guy was awful big. <laughs> and he he looked rather hairy, so he he concluded he thought he saw a sasquatch, and he was very very bothered by it because even though he's heard stories about these things his whole life being from the area he uh he uh didn't actually believe in it and he does now, and it's affected him rather rather strongly wow and of course, in August it was the uh, American family who uh Found what they thought might be footprints on a place called uh, a place called the uh, Spirit Trail, which is just on the west side of Harrison Hot Springs. It's a little little uh, nature walk trail through the through the bush, just on the on the uh, east side of town. And they thought they encountered possible footprints, and I ran into them accidentally because I was in a a shop in Harrison Hot Springs, talking to the owner, uh, a happy prospect, uh, interviewing him about an encounter he had in August of 2017 at Elbow Lake. And they just happened to come in and said they've just found these tracks and they showed me their cell phone pictures. And I immediately, after talking to them, went out asked them to email me these photographs. And I immediately went out after they had left to the trail and I actually found the the, the prints they were looking at and It's possible they were Sasquatch footprints, but it's also possible there could be other explanations for them as well. Uh, And true to their word, uh, he he did send me his uh, cell phone photos, so I knew I found the right tracks. After looking at several different sets of tracks and several different little bridges on that trail, wondering which one is the one one he found, and I thought I found the right ones, and when he sent the pictures, uh, confirmed that I did find the right ones, and... uh, well, it's possible. I I don't think it definitely, but it's definitely possible. And that's the kind of thing that goes. Were they on. were they large friends yeah. or Yes, yes, yes. They were they were on average about oh, between four, 14 inches long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the family uh it was an American family. They were tourists, they were coming up here to just to look around. Uh they did they didn't request amenity, they were in the Malone family. Father mother and daughter, and they both feel that these were probably definitely Sasquatch footprints they were looking at, and I can understand why they thought that. Me, I think there could be other explanations for them. They weren't clear distinct enough to say definitely Sasquatch footprints, but they were rather odd, rather unusual, and they had been there for a while. Because we had a hell of a heat wave and a dry spell all through the summer here this year, it's been. It was another horrible year for forest fires. And I up, I heard all about that. That, that, that tragedy. was tragedy. Tracks were placed on the trail by whatever or whoever made them when the area was a lot wetter because the ground was so hard where these were that I didn't leave any impression in the ground at all, and uh, these were deep enough in that it was obviously. B- in a time of the year when it was a lot wetter and a lot softer. As a matter of fact these little bridges are little bridges uh meant to go over real soft spots so hikers during the wet times don't sink up to their ankles in mud. So
1: <laughs> Wow.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but that's the kind of thing that goes on, you know, reports come in and you investigate them and you try to find other explanations for them. So the ones you can't explain away totally will always keep you fascinated. Uh, and that kind of thing, going right? Right? You know and, exactly,
1: and and that's why I so admire your style because you are always trying to rule things out before you even suggest or try to rule in anything related to Sasquatch, and it's it's so refreshing. <laughs> I mean, it's Nick uh
0: facts and never deviate from the facts. I've I've lived by yes. that philosophy day
1: one.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. It's and that I mean, and the walk, huge
1: embrace to me. So yeah, that's um, you know I was wanting to ask. Um, you said it's kind of been slow this last year. Do you think it, with the heat wave during the summertime that had some impact on these the movement of these creatures if they exist?
0: No, I don't think... Uh, okay, assume the does exist. I think it's... Uh, up in Canada, it's still basically the same way it always has been. For every sighting report that I hear about, I'm convinced there are at least four or five others that don't get reported to anybody. Right. You know, that witnesses makes sense. see something strange. They tell one or two friends about it. The friends tell them all they're crazy, so they decide to shut up about it. And I may hear about it, five, six years, okay, even ten years after it occurred, <laughs> and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And that's usually the majority. You're always hearing about something that someone saw months or years before. Um, it's it's not often you hear about something the day it happened, and I've had a few of those over the last few years, which I'm grateful for. But uh, it's n- n- unlike the United States where um, – uh, the asylum is being run by inmates in a lot of cases. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's one of the sad side effects of, you know, uh, the Internet and social media and silly television shows like Finding Bigfoot. And believe me, you've had a whole bunch of shows that make Finding Bigfoot look like a Smithsonian special. Uh, it's become trendy for people to say they have seen Bigfoot, and that's causing problems.
1: Well, that's true.
0: Yeah. 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 I it went started. from
1: everybody that may have actually had an encounter never talking about it because they're, you know, afraid they would be called crazy or ridiculed to, now everybody has seen Bigfoot and it's it's you know it's cool it's yeah. awesome it's a, yeah it's pretty, so that I, that can have a, a shift in the swing of things um, going from. N- you know underreported to overreported so hopefully we can get back to a level playing field here um
0: absolutely and know, it's know
1: finding bigfoot long- is no longer on tv so you know things might calm down a little bit um for people but i mean i don't who knows you know nothing surprises course- me anymore
0: the Sasquatch itself is rather boring on the social media, so they're coming up things out. Dogmen, werewolves, the Beast of Bray Road, you know, skinwalkers, shapeshifters, shadow <laughs> all lumped in. And, and they put the Sasquatch, or Bigfoot, as you call it in the United States, in with that. <laughs> it's, just, it's just reaching epidemic proportions of absolute insanity. Whereas, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I agree. Prefer, I, I prefer the old days when we had a mystery here and we were trying to find an answer to that mystery. Does this creature exist or not? And we're still basically at that point, you know. But And people are just coming up the wildest tales and stories and and finding all kinds of unrelated stuff that there's no evidence Sasquatch has anything to do with, but they're assuming it does. You know, and and it's just reached absolutely ridiculous proportions, in my opinion, yeah.
1: Right. And, and, you know, it seems um, people are trying to explain a mystery with yet another mystery. I mean, let's concentrate on whether or not these creatures truly exist and, and the things that we can do as investigators to assist in that scientifically speaking
0: absolutely i mean to me the sasquatch mystery is whether or not we have a large red and, flesh-and-blood red-blooded primate existing in the wilderness areas of north america western mainly western north america but it's kind of the point now and uh, all you have to do is listen to coast-to-coast radio for a month i mean people are saying they see everything from leprechauns to gremlins to <laughs> aliens to shapeshifters to skinwalkers to dogmen to werewolves to this, that, and everything else.
1: <laughs> and yeah, and, and I'm yet to even Bigfoot, you know. Uh,
0: mm. Yeah, and I always thought the Sasquatch is a zoological mystery that was separated from all that other weird... Or what what some people refer to as the woo world, you know, the woo factor world, but it's getting to the point now where you uh, in a lot of places and a lot of times you can't separate the two because it's just lumped in with that. And when it comes to all the other things that people are in and is dominating the world of unsolved mysteries, Sasquatch is that seems rather boring. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: true, and uh, you know. W- in reality, as you know, when you're out investigating these things, it's it's not glamorous. It's not, um, you know, rainbows shooting out a unicorn's butt. It's mosquito-infested swamps, at least down here. It's uh, spiders big enough to, you know, eat your face. It's There's bears, and up there with you guys, there's, huge moose who have attitudes there i mean there's all kinds of things that are dangerous and and then you have your boring moments of time where it's just tedious and it takes you forever to get to the spot and you're sweating and you're hot and you're hungry and it's not glamorous like they show on tv at all
0: yeah and the odds some are people would you find it out quite there. boring yeah, you're quite often not going to find any evidence that what was seen at that spot was actually there. It's great when you do, but quite often you don't. So you basically right. just have a witness who claims to have seen something, and and always keep in mind when you're doing research, when you're interviewing a witness, there's only three possibilities, only three. One, they saw a Sasquatch. Two, they mistook something or somebody for a Sasquatch, or three, they're lying. Those are the only three possibilities. There are no others. But when you go into this stuff that's going around today, oh, my God, there's all kinds of other dimensions. It exists at times, but it doesn't exist at other. It comes in and out of the fourth dimension. Maybe it goes to the fifth dimension. I mean, I, come on. <laughs> I just Yeah, the portal I, jumping uh, yeah, yeah I, 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 I don't Maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm gobble. maybe I need, but I just don't have time for that nonsense. To me, the Sasquatch, the whole question of the Sasquatch is whether or not there is a unclassified species of primate in the wilderness areas of North America. And that's, to me, that's it. Uh, it either exists or it doesn't. And if it's not, Evan, if it doesn't exist and it never did, it's a great piece of, Canadian, or in our case, North American mythology and folklore. And that alone makes mm-hmm. it worth looking into and cataloging. Right. But and you know I, what's
1: kind of bittersweet is the the days gone by, you know, when your gener, generation growing up and also my generation growing up, we had, you know, in search of and we had um, all of those very first documentaries or movies, shows that, you know, Boggy Creek, all that kind of thing that sparked
0: an interest in us right. that refused right. to die. They were looking at the subject of is it true or is it not, period. But Right. And, and unfortunately pain, those days
1: are long gone, I believe, for the next generation coming in because
0: right. – the stuff coming up today because of the it's social like, media—it's
1: oversaturated, and there's really no um, uh, real mystery. Like when we were kids, it was like, "Wow, you know, let's go out in the woods and see if we can find something." Now it's, "Hey, let's take our recorder and, and walk through the woods and record ourselves babbling for 25 minutes." Um, oh
0: yeah, oh, or even worse, because uh, everyone's taking on the Blair Witch Zandra. You know, oh my God, there's something there. Ah, ooh, ah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, I mean, I think that we uh, we grew up in different times. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And I think I mean, that's crazy. why it's so
1: important
0: to do All this sudden, the show w- is what bring happened it back. to him? Yeah. All of a sudden, the wussy guy carrying the camera, he's missing. What happened to him? Oh, the girl with the nice boobs, she's gone. Ah! Something's happening.
1: <laughs> right, right. And, and Sasquatch <laughs> has drug her off, and, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Come on, um, um, I, and, and this
0: stuff gets. Yeah, and, and off. I'll tell you what.
1: There's, um, there are some very interesting, uh, more controversial uh, subjects, topics, if you will, concerning the Bigfoot um, that I wanted to pick your brain about, and one of those is, and, and I'm just going to say, you know what people have claimed now. I've had some experiences where I've felt like I was being watched before um, to the point where your hair stands up on the back of your neck and on your arms and you get up and you go inside your camper or you go inside your tent uh, even though you don't hear or see anything, okay? I've had those experiences. Um, But some people think that they have infrasound, Mm -hmm. which would be something that we can't hear with our naked ear, but something they may emit, whether it be some type of howl that's beyond the level of our hearing, and that we can actually feel it, but we can't hear it. What do you think about infrasound?
0: Well, infrasound to me is a, is a possibility. Though, if the Sasquatch does it, it would be the only primate on record that does. Okay, other animals uh, like elephants and things like that do uh, make noises that human hearing can't detect. You know, it's like a dog whistle. The dog hears it, but you can't. Right. You know, uh, that that's a possibility. But it, again, if the Sasquatch does that. It, is, it, it, it would be the only primate uh, on the planet that does. But it's not impossible. Right, that we know that uh, always that's out, right that, now. That feeling of being watched. Always remember, when you go into wilderness areas, you are always being watched every minute by something or several things at any yeah, given time. Or a bunch of Mutters, something. Girls, bears, mylias, you are Always being watched. <laughs> Believe me, there's always something that knows you're around and is studying you. <laughs> that is, mm-hmm. You're never, ever truly alone. There's always something wow. watching. Yeah. <laughs> now, whether it is a Sasquatch, well, you kind of hope it is, but you wish you could sort of look in the right direction to see it back. I mean, I've had that experience, too, where you feel you know there's something watching you, and you know you're being watched, but you have no idea from where or what it is and until it moves. <laughs> right. Usually when it and, and I'm up, wondering,
1: <laughs> now, some of this could be just uh, something that we have developed through time as an evolutionary um, adaptation and survival thing where as uh, primates ourselves, living in the trees, came down from the trees, walking now on earth, we had to have our own um, built-in, if you will, capability of knowing when there was a predator nearby. And I wonder if some of that's not left over from, you know, what we must have had at some point to stay alive from the things that hunted us in in the ancient times. You know, I'm I'm just wondering if that's some type of alarm system that we're no longer aware of because we live in the cities now, um, that still triggers.
0: I I think it's an instinct that we still have it because I remember my years when I was younger, and yes, I admit it, I am old now. Uh, uh, I fully admit it. But when I was younger and doing my time in the combat arms, the Canadian Army, with the, with the PBCLI, one of the things we were taught was quiet elimination of enemy sentries. You know, you know, take them out so you can get closer to the objections without being spotted. And we're always told when you're creeping up from the back on an enemy sentry, uh, stare at the small of his back. Do not stare at the, of his upper torso or his head because after, after a few moments he gets that itchy feeling that something's there and, and that's why Rose always stare at the lower end of the back before you take him out with the garrot on the knife or whatever because he, the odds are it would take him much longer to detect you looking at him I, I, I was I was taught that and almost every every Canadian soldier was and I assume you asked in the same way so uh, right yeah. and see, that's very interesting
1: because uh there is that play on the something's watching me and you don't even know it or or see it, but that like you said, that instinct or that built in uh, alarm system goes off. And I think that maybe that has something to do with what people refer to as the zapping or the infrasound. I don't think it's anything paranormal whatsoever no, with I think these it's... flesh and blood creatures. I just think it's something that we aren't aware of because we have no specimen to study yet. Yeah. uh, uh, But people want to jump on this bandwagon of, oh, it's got to be, you know, some type of paranormal event happening. Mm -hmm. Well, why does it have to be paranormal? We have all kinds of uh, examples of why that isn't paranormal that would make more
0: sense. Right. It's sensitivity. Uh, it's probably been depleted in us, but not eliminated. But you've seen it, how, how jumpy a deer is. He, he's got his head down, he's chewing, and all you do is move your arm, you didn't even make a noise, and its head pops up. And it's looking. Right. You know, <laughs> a combination of great hearing, great thing, and sensitivity. Uh, it's there. It's de- It's a de- It's a natural thing that's developed over the history of our species to alert us to the presence of pu- Potential predator or threat, you know, and uh, I think every th- every life form has it. Some uh, mm-hmm. some have it stronger than others, um, and a lot of people have reported getting that. You know, the the nerve, the hair standing up. in your and you know you're being watched, but you have no, no idea by what or whom and where is and where they are.
1: Yeah, and I would think that a, an eight foot plus tall. Bipedal apex predator staring you down might trigger some of those things.
0: oh yeah <laughs> you know, I'm, it just, does, yes. um it doesn't even have to be a predator, you're just being watched mhm mm-hmm. stared at so uh and you get that feeling i i i i i, I have no doubt that exists I remember <laughs> that military training back in the back of the day really showed uh, how how sensitive it is, and the, the army knew. If you're coming up on a sentry and you're going to take him out, look at his lower back, because he detects you, wow. his sensitivity to you is far degraded if you don't stare at him, if you stare at him at the lower back rather than the top of his head or his shoulders. See, there
1: there's, there it is, that logical explanations for things that people try to feed other things into that... Um, that we we don't need to be doing that
0: um right infrosound if 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 it's true is a noise that'll have that effect on you, a nerving effect. you are actually hearing it, you just can't detect it, and I'm not sure hearing it, Bingo. Is it see I like proper. that that's There's a good way that, of saying it, yeah, mm-hmm. you're sensing it, you're sensing its presence, but you can't hear it, you know your brain isn't interpreting it. And, uh, again, infrosound, if the Sasquatch has its ability, I have to point out, it would be the only primate on Earth that does. Right. Yeah.
1: And we are still, you know, still studying primates and learning new things about them uh, every year. So, hmm, we'll keep that on the back burner. Um, right. <laughs> maybe we'll bring that back around if any research ever comes out about that. Uh, Another thing I wanted to touch on is um, you had mentioned the dog man. Well, to me, people that feel they've actually seen this this creature that has the more of appearance of a dog with perhaps the elongated snout. Um, Okay, cat. My cat's meowing at me. Sorry. Um, I think that if those things are truly out there, that it's nothing more than another type of these creatures that we call Sasquatch, if it is a primate, because, I mean, look at the the primates that do have elongated snouts. Who's to say that it's not actually a Sasquatch with a different appearance? But it has no canine um, qualities whatsoever. What say you on that?
0: Well, there were always reports uh, from eastern Canada, uh, and I can only speak for eastern Canada. I never studied in the eastern United States uh, uh, what was known locally as the Lou uh, which was basically the French term or French-Canadian term for werewolf. And uh, I, I never really accepted it werewolf sightings, because werewolves in Legends were rather vicious animals, and and I believe if there were werewolves, we'd have a lot of mutilated people found mm-hmm. all the time.
1: The mutilated
0: mm-hmm. Right. Uh, right. Reincarn- the dogman thing seemed to start all start with this uh, case called Bray Road, and I can't really remember what year that was that broke. Uh, a lady wrote the book about it. The Beast of Bray Road And ever since then people have been seeing Dogmen all over the place I want to know why there was such a lack Of it before that Mm-hmm. Yeah uh, Yeah, and that's
1: a good point um, yeah. You know which came first Because with the older Reports that I have studied And when I say older I'm talking 1900 And uh, Into the 1800s I have yet to read a report with a description of one that appears to be dog-like.
0: It was Correct. more I, like I never heard of such a thing at all from the late John Green or the late Rennie DeHinden or the late Grover Krasch or the late Bob Timmons of anyone ever coming out describing something that had more of a canine appearance to it being reported as a Sasquatch. Until the beast of bray road uh book came out, I've never heard of a single person personally that ever re- ever received such a report of such a thing. I know I never did right i have, I'm, well I'm, I'm wondering psych-
1: this could it be now again
0: let's
1: we have no way of knowing that these creatures exist because they're not scientifically verified. however, if they exist, could the feature of the elongated snout or the more canine? be a result of, say, inbreeding within a clan?
0: Well, again, um, who knows? Uh, I suppose there's a mathematical possibility, but to me, I just still say that why the extreme lack of reports before the Bray Road stories came out? Uh, I know in eastern Canada there were similar reports going back long before then, but... They were always local legends based on the Lugaru, and uh, you know they basically said they were werewolves, and that was rather odd because we weren't getting reports of people being killed or things like that. So, because werewolves are, if you go by the historical legends and stuff, that were rather nasty things. Uh, and there were also Caucasian legends that were brought here with the settlers from Europe. Uh, First right. nations had anything that was. Well, they didn't have the werewolf in their folk history and oral traditions. They had some things that could be interpreted that way that were rather similar, but not the werewolf. Uh, and Well, then we have to ask the question, are the dog men werewolves, or is this something else? I mean, I don't know, I, but it strikes me. Personally, the dogmen mystery, I have zero interest in that. I don't think it's nothing to do with the Sasquatch as far as I'm concerned, and I tend to ignore that whole thing. Mhm. Yeah, and you made some really good points about the fact that it wasn't
1: until the Europeans came that um, that particular history merged with the known history of the natives, um, and and there was not a like you said there was no quote unquote dog man um, in the native folklore. So those are all very
0: good points. Yeah, well, if you go by First Nation folk history and tradition, they have stories of people transforming themselves into everything. Uh, There are stories of people turning themselves into orcas or people turning themselves into thunderbirds or or giant lizards or people who transform themselves into uh, coyotes and dog-like things, but, again, not the werewolf. The werewolf was a legend of a person who... uh, could transform themselves literally into uh, a vicious beast that was rather wolf-like and rather bloodthirsty, and uh, would basically spend its time in this form killing. <laughs> and that's what it right. did. Right, and
1: and, and we'd all
0: we all you know had,
1: something about that.
0: Right. Um, and, so yeah, and, that's so well, few of them. Is, uh, you had to be bitten or clawed or wounded right. by one of the and survive the attack. So. Survived the attack, then you were one too. Uh, but that the full moon aspects of it and stuff like that—that that was more of a creation of fiction in Hollywood. You know, the silver bullet right. and all that. Right. Right. So
1: and uh, you and know that.
0: Actual folk all those legend, movies. Yeah, a uh, actual folk legend. The only two ways to become a werewolf is to uh, take a wolf skin and perform some kind of satanic ceremony to transfer yourself into that. And if you got attacked and survived the attack somehow. Yeah, and then you would condemn yeah, well. But uh, again, different parts of Europe had different aspects of the legend. But as far as I know, there was no werewolf legend in North America until the Europeans came here.
1: So the dog man thing is um, is not provable whatsoever. Um, and again, we're no, still should... struggling to that Bigfoot even exists. So. But, I, you know, I, I, it may be possible that there is an appearance of some of these creatures that are different than the norm. You know, we don't know. So
0: Absolutely. I mean, um, But there, if, it, also, if it is,
1: I, I believe it is a Sasquatch. It's not anything to do with a canine. Yeah, I, no, I, I do Another thing I wanted to ask you about is, now I have heard a lot of people say when they're out in the woods, and these creatures are nearby, and there's no, you know, they're not flashing a flashlight on their face or near them or anything, that they can see their eye shine, which would be bioluminescent eye shine. I have people swear that they have seen almost like laser-type abilities in the eyes of these things, Have you ever taken any reports like that, that the the eyes were shining without an absolute light source, other Uh, than, say, uh, a full moon?
0: uh, Eye shine is eye reflection. The only creatures on this planet that have self-illuminating eyes are some fish species from the deep oceans. Uh, There are no... Animals that have self illuminating eyes. It just sounds creepy as a story. And to me when someone says that, to me, that is a red flag on the story in itself. I think Well, uh, my
1: whole thing about is is if your eyes are shining from the inside out, how in the hell are you seeing anything with the glare?
0: Again, eye shine has gotta be reflection of some kind. Now, even moonlight will cause some animals' eyes to glow if you catch them at a certain angle, at a certain point, in a certain Mm -hmm. condition. And they may appear to the witness to be self-illuminating. But to me, I I think that could be a big uh, part in
1: it. They're not aware of it because they may not be aware of the moon phase um, of of that particular (laughs) night.
0: Again, it's got to be reflection of some kind. Uh, there's got to be a source that's causing that reflectiveness in the eyes. Even owls, I've seen their eyes glowing in the dark, and it's always on a bright starry night or a bright moonlight, and I figure that's why the eyes right. are glowing. And it's a great indication of extreme good nocturnal vision on the subject's part. But there, Right, and see, there you go,
1: bingo, because I would have to say that, that these creatures would have very keen Uh, night vision um, and their eyes could very well be different than what we should expect from a a primate Um, and again through um, evolutionary needs diversity based on their habitat which is living in the woods so again we can get back to a more logical scientific explanation for this uh, eye shine that people are reporting it doesn't have to be paranormal,
0: mhm I know I agree i again I shine, again with the same with the infrasound if eyes self illuminating eyes shine, it'd be the only primate on the planet that has this ability mm-hmm. and and a right, great nocturnal vision is rare among primates too, because even chimpanzees and gorillas are rather inactive in the dark. Good point. hmm Very good point. Unlike bears and other things where if you shine a flashlight across the field and you catch his face and he's looking at you, you're going to see their eyes reflect. Most chimpanzees and stuff, no more than a person's would. And a person, we have it too, but it's very, very depleted. The only time you really see it, Right, because we
1: no longer not, need
0: it. You flash a camera flash and take a picture of them with a flash. And you see it sometimes, you get that red tinted eye. Yes. Yeah. Oh, red eyes. Is, yeah, that's what that is. But in humans, it's been depleted. I mean, if we didn't have it, we couldn't see anything in the dark. We'd be totally blind.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah um, and I think the I, people, that people that people, have seen that. Good,
0: but it's still there in limited in limited ability. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and I believe that some people have seen that. I just um, mm. a lot of people will bring it back, maybe not the witnesses so much, because, you know, there's a lot of good, credible witnesses that have seen that, but there's that other crowd of, of people that would take that and turn it into some type of paranormal ability. Of
0: course, of course. And it's I've just aggravating. Say, it, was, it, was, it was 80 feet in front of me on my car, and I could see its eyes long before I, I actually saw the outframe of the body. How do you explain that? I said, your headlights. Right. I that, you had right. Headlights, there you go. Uh, that's that's what what was reflecting in the times. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I, on the <laughs> the property and I, I I didn't shine a flashlight on you. Your porch light on, yes. That's what was reflecting in the eyes. Yeah. See, it is, mm-hmm. again,
1: it doesn't have to be anything otherworldly. Um, mm-hmm. Now Thomas, there's one thing I really and I know you're going to have some really good insight on this. Um A lot of people don't believe these things exist because where are the bones? How many times have we heard that? Where are the bones? Where are the bones?
0: That's the best argument. And I know
1: you have spent a ton of time out in the the bush up there in Canada. Um, How many, and we all know that there's bears all over the place up there. How many bear skeletons have you found?
0: You mean in total? Yes okay let's let me count uh, 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 zero <laughs> right
1: and, and see that's oh. the whole thing and people bear are more common i would think than these creatures are if they exist um and people like yourself and a lot of people that I know that hunt and you know myself personally have been out in the woods. I've yet to find the skeletal remains of a bear, um, even so much as a skull. I know there have been some bear skulls found, but it's few and far between. So the where is the bones thing, it's it's so double-edged sword. Well, you think one of these things would get hit by I a definitely. car at some point and die on the side of the road. I mean... What's going on here? Well, What do you think's going on? Why, why don't we find one dead on the side of the road?
0: Let me specify that. When I said zero, I have never found the remains of a bear that died of natural causes. I have seen the remains of bears that have been killed by people. Hunters, yes. you know, bear hit on the side of the road and left the decay on the roadside, stuff so that haven't been picked up by the highway department, that kind of thing. But it's always been... Going, things have been killed by people. I have yet to come across something that just lived out its life and died. And now, the thing about bones, why we don't find them, there could be a logical explanation for that, and it's the same reason we don't find bears. When an animal is reaching the end of its life, it doesn't know it's dying. It just knows there's something wrong. And its instinct is to find some place to lie low. Either it digs itself a little den, and it crawls into it and stuff, and its intention is to stay there till it feels better. And while it's there, half buried anyway, it dies. And the scavenging in nature's uh, natural disposal system is very efficient. When an animal dies out there, within, two, within I'd say, a, a year, there's hardly any trace of it left at all. it's just been scavenged, picked apart, torn apart, dropped all over the place came across a, uh, a skull and uh, a neck bone of, of a coyote or a wolf, I don't know which, the other day. That I, but I didn't find any other part of the carcass, and I think it was dropped there, probably by a buzzard or an eagle or who knows. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I mean, it's not like the forest is littered with dead no, animal bones. mean, they're all over the place. Nature's disposal system works very well. The, the the natural order of things disposes of the planet's dead very efficiently and quite surprisingly quickly i mean uh hell even dinosaur skeletons found by paleontologists they're not really finding bones they're finding stone impression of the bones where minerals have filled right. in the gap all well, gone mm-hmm. right so like i said it it works very efficiently but i got to tell you The lack of physical evidence like that is the best argument the skeptic world has. It doesn't make sense that physical remains of this creature have not been found. And I might point out, if the day ever comes that a skeletal remains of the Sasquatch are laid out on a table for the world to see, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's not found by someone like me, or another researcher who found them in the bush somewhere, they're gonna be found by some anthropology student who found them in some long forgotten desk drawer or, or box in some museum <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> I mean we all
0: heard the stories about the believe, Smithsonian some giant. places have in their archives. I mean there's been stuff turned in they don't even remember where it came from. Maybe right. we should That's go so at
1: true, Thomas. the
0: museums and archives and say, Show us the dead <laughs> you know. Maybe we could find some remains that way. I don't know, but that right. is the best, best argument the skeptic world has to the exist, non existent of the Sasquatch. people yeah. is the lack of physical remains. And it is
1: it is kind of uh, a, a very good question because there's people who have claimed, and like truckers and the, the big semis who claim they have hit these creatures. Mm-hmm. And they stopped their vehicle, and it's gone. Um, did it crawl off? Did another one carry it off? I mean, these are the type of things that um, you can really think hard about but still never come up with a, a logical answer. Because if they did that, if, if they carried the the injured one off, that means they're roaming in packs. Um
0: well, there, Which there, would make there, have it, been, there have been a number of reports of Sasquatch being struck by vehicles, but there are no reports of them actually being killed yet. The one person
1: exactly told, because
0: no one's uh, seen it actually. People. Supposedly,
1: there was a couple of stories that you know, and the and the men in black came and took the body away. Those um, kind I, of stories.
0: I, I I'm talking I, about you know, reality here. I don't pay any attention to that. I write that right, right. Off. I'm not interested in that, but I'll let the woo factory deal with that stuff. Uh, let them go on coast-to-coast radio and talk about that stuff. I don't care. I'm trying to determine whether or not there's a higher primate here in the, in, in the, mm-hmm. in the woods of the north, uh, northwest of North America. And so far, it's, uh, overwhelmingly, the few times they have been struck, they have not been killed. And believe me, I, I'm amazed. I've seen bears, and there's videos on YouTube where a bear get hit by a truck or something, and you wonder how it survived because you see it flying over the road as the truck just plows. You go, oh, I must have shot him up, but the thing gets up and it, and it scrambles away because there's that certain amount of time before shock or whatever sets in. I mean, I remember hitting a deer myself once when I was living in Water Valley, Alberta, I thought I killed it right off the bat, but it didn't. It got up and it ran underneath a barbed wire fence, took off, ran halfway up a field, stood and stared at me. Wow! I don't know how this that's, thing didn't break a leg at least, but it did. Right. That's very and
1: we're talking about these things supposedly weigh five, six hundred pounds, maybe even more. So, you know, who, who's to say that? Again, they, they're not killed by the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you think that if they do run in clans, do you think that the others would come to aid with it, for it? I mean, well, what are your thoughts on
0: that? Well, I think the Sasquatch overwhelmingly, most sightings, uh, now this is all hypothesis on my part, right? Uh, I can't confirm this one way or another. I think the Sasquatch, mm-hmm. assuming that it does exist, probably has family groups you know one dominant male a number of females and that male will tolerate the female young but when the male young get to a certain size he drives them off and they go off on their own getting bigger getting stronger living an nomadic lifestyle and maybe at one point in the future they'll come across a family group, challenge the dominant male, and take over. And that's basically what people are seeing most of the time, is these adolescent, growing males living in a nomadic lifestyle because they haven't taken over a family group. And if they see a rather old-looking one with great tipped hair and stuff like that, that may be a former dominant male that's lucky enough not to be killed by whatever male drove it away and uh, and it goes back to that nomadic lifestyle once it's been driven off and dethroned. That, to me, would make sense. But, again, that's all complete hypothesis on my part. Right. Um, but that's based on what itself. known primates do
1: and what known animal groups do. So, again, we're talking logical, scientific explanations.
0: Correct. Very similar to the lifestyle life cycles of orangutans and gorillas. Chimpanzees are a little different. They have great big troops with hundreds, sometimes hundreds of members and geez, they even commit warfare on each other for God's sake. Right. Vicious. Whereas gorillas and orangutans, it's always one dominant male with several females, tolerates the female young, only tolerates the male young till they get to a certain size and he drives them off. And once they're driven off, they they basically live a nomadic lifestyle until they get strong enough to the point of taking over a family group of their own one day. And if not, they live that nomadic lifestyle their whole lives. That, uh, That could be very true, and that's why
1: so many sightings of just one crossing the road or, you know, rarely do you hear reports of a clan of them or you know, a male, female, and a child, if you will, juvenile, very rarely do we get those reports, and even more rarely do we get reports of a female Sasquatch that is pregnant. Have you ever heard of such a thing?
0: I've heard a few reports of uh, Sasquatch where they they assume was a female because it seemed to have breasts, where they said the belly was swollen, but whether that was a result of pregnancy, who knows, Right. Uh, the Patterson-Giblin film, if authentic, and I do believe it is, was an encounter with a lone female. There may have been males around or a male around, but it wasn't seen that day. And <laughs> let right. talk to right. the conspiracy theorists who claim they uh, they slaughtered a whole family that day. I think not <laughs> blew that of yeah. water a number of years ago. But, uh, uh, again, it, to me... Uh, I have heard reports where the most I ever heard of in one time was five. And that was in Alberta crossing the, the uh, David Thompson Highway by a whole family in a car who incidentally had a camera sitting in the back seat, but none of them thought to take a picture of it. And I only heard from the woman who was a little girl at the time in the back seat. She saw them too, and they counted five. And one seemed to be twice the size of the others. So whether or not that was the male with his clan, uh, leading them across the road. Well, who knows? But there was that's the most I ever heard of in one group. Oh. Yeah. That's but interesting. Yeah, that's kind of rare. And overwhelmingly, it's always a lone individual being seen. Hmm.
1: A lot of good insight there, Thomas.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so let
1: me. Go ahead.
0: You know, Go ahead. You were going to ask that question? Well, yeah,
1: what I want to know is, um, let's shift gears a little bit, and I know we're getting short on time here, but I wanted to close with this thought. A lot of species are proven to exist by photographs, by hair sample, by some type of sample, the DNA results come back, it's this or that or it's not this or that, it's unusual, it's a new species of this or that. Why do you think that hair samples that have been taken and, and you know, analyzed that have come back as, say, unknown primates in North America, why do you think they are so ignored in the scientific community?
0: Because the scientific community doesn't work the same as the legal system. My testimony and even photographic evidence doesn't mean anything. They've always, I've talked to uh, the Smithsonian and the National Geographic Society and places like that and individuals associated with that. And I've asked them, what do you need to declare the Sasquatch a new species and take it out of the realm of cryptozoology and out of the realm of everyday zoology? And they've always been unanimous. They need a body or piece of the body nothing else will do, or sufficient remains, something they could physically examine, that would do it. A great, clear film or video that so obviously it could not have been faked or something like that may turn a few heads and ask a lot of questions, but it won't prove it. because Especially today, because there is so much hoaxing going on. Mm-hmm. I and agree. People get more sophisticated in their hoaxing all the time. And uh, I mean, one of the greatest arguments for the uh, the uh, fantasy of the Patterson Goodman film was the fact that the technology that we have today didn't exist in 1967, and Roger couldn't have, couldn't have pulled it off, in, 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 at least in my opinion, and many others. But today, with the, with, the, with the computer graphic, what people can do with special effects, even privately, uh, video, it's going always going to be suspected. Mm-hmm. And again, that's yeah, it just is. The work.
1: Pictures, video—that that's always going to be
0: mm.
1: questioned. So, w- when somebody um, does some DNA tests and and they come out with it and they say, "We have Bigfoot DNA," and uh, <clears throat> but yet there's no subject that they, they can say they drew Bigfoot. DNA. From, I think that's where the problem is.
0: We can turn the... in
1: DNA all day long, hair samples with the hair follicle attached. It comes back as unknown primate. But until the actual subject that it, is, it came from is verified, I don't think science is going to touch it.
0: Well, they made the big mistake right there with your opening statement. We have Bigfoot DNA. They shouldn't have said that. They should have went in and said, "We got DNA or something. Tell us what it is."
1: Right. Thank you. And we that's all good. know the incidences yeah. of people claiming yeah. they have Bigfoot DNA. It's if I ever got scientifically DNA, impossible, impossible because we don't have a known best
0: to compare it to. primate or it was a Sascha. I wouldn't even use the word. I'd just say. I have DNA here. Tell me what it is, you know, <laughs> you know if I had the money to yeah, do that. Yeah, and then that. they
1: come back unknown primate or unknown yeah. primate with a mixture of human. Get
0: them interested um, in it. Uh, get them wanting to know more about what you turned in, you know. Right. But if you start right off the bat saying, oh, it came from a Bigfoot setting or something like that, they're going to say, oh, I ain't touching this, man. <laughs> I'm going to be torn apart. Oh, yeah, because the there goes that stigma. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> But, don't, yeah, don't I'm in total
1: it. agreement. I think it's going to take a body, a bone, a body part um, before science acknowledge, acknowledges this because.
0: That's the way scientific world has always worked, and no amount of wishful, politically correct thinking is ever going to change that.
1: Exactly. And there's good reason for the the way they do it. Um But another thing that really bothers me is that the scientific community snubs their nose at even, you know, the mere thought of something like that existing because we know everything. (laughs) But every year it turns out that we don't. There's proof that we don't know as much as we think we do. And by God, you know, some professor, like you've said before, down the road, well, their book's going to be discredited now, and you know, we just can't have that.
0: Yeah, I know. that the, the People forget there's a lot of politics in science. It's not what they used to watch in the movies where they seem to want to know the truth for everything. It's basically there's an established right. set criteria that has to be met for any new discovery to be researched and confirmed. And it's all slow, drawn-out frustrating process. The biggest enemy the Sasquatch community has in this whole thing is the Sasquatch community. They, <laughs> you know, True the of the inmates has not made it easy because mainstream scientists looked at that and said I'm not touching it with a 10-foot ball. And quite frankly, who can blame them? Yeah,
1: I mean really, yeah. who can?
0: Um, right. So it's going to have to be something absolutely outstanding. And like I said, if you ever get here, Man, if you ever if you go out, Julie, tonight, and you see a Sasquatch, yard, you grab you, you grab a hold of it as it rips away, and you got a whole handful of hair. Turn it in, but don't tell them it came from a Sasquatch or a Bigfoot. Tell them, geez, this is something weird. I found these animal hairs. Can you tell me what they are? <laughs> get them to look right. at it. And if they Can't then that may get them interested enough to try to inquire further. But if you come out and, out and said I saw this Bigfoot, I grabbed a bunch of hair off it. <laughs> okay. Right.
1: Yeah, everybody that's listening, don't ever turn in DNA samples or, and say I think this is Bigfoot or hair samples
0: yeah, to just uh, even be turn looked on, at
1: microscopically. I'll test
0: you this department, and then they'll say I'll try you to this department, that department. Next thing you know, you're
1: talking to George <laughs> <you know. laughs> oh, Right, right. Story. <laughs> oh my. Well, I'll tell you what, Thomas. We are running out of time here for this show. Um, Wow, it's been an excellent show, and uh, I'm real glad that we did it uh, tonight because we've been so focused on other people and other events, um, and I thought it was time for the focus to be on Thomas. So I'll tell you what, next month,
0: Stephen Freifert
1: from Bigfoot Bookstore out in California he has so much information in that brain of his. Um, we are going to tap into it, and we are going to talk about the Patterson-Gimlin film, the three of us, and I think that's going to be a really killer show. I'm really looking forward to doing a show with Angel Eyes. Angel Eyes. Yes, We and I know tonight he uh, was really wanting to, to jump in with us, but, you know, life happens when you're planning life. Um,
0: But, Thomas, it's
1: been awesome uh, Thank you for joining me again tonight It's been awesome (laughs) And uh, I'll tell you what We will do this again next month And I want to thank all of our listeners For tuning in And we've had so much good response um, From our listeners About the show, Thomas They really enjoy it They love hearing from you About the old-timers you know, the truth behind the stories, nothing but positive feedback. So make sure you guys join us again next month for another episode of On the Shoulders of Giants, Talking Old Timers with Thomas. And until we meet again, keep it squatchy.